everyone, and welcome to David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. I'm David, and with me, as always, is... Jeff! How are you doing, Jeff? Wonderful. How are you today, David? I'm doing great. We are going to be talking to the one, the only, Ben Watersworth from the Survivor Oz Podcast. Survivor Oz, huge podcast. I'm a big fan of it. They're trying to get to talk and interview every single Survivor, which is pretty cool. Um, and I'm excited to, to get Ben on and talk with him. Warning, he is from Australia, so that's what the accent is. Actually, David's lying to you. He just has a cool little uh, sound thing that he's going to try out today, so we'll see how it works. Uh, it, as far as I know, he's not faking it like Ace did the whole season of Gabon. Did Ace fake it the whole season of Gabon? No. <laughs> I like to stir up controversy. <laughs> no, I've always thought about it, though. If I were to go on Survivor, I... I don't know if you've read uh, Mario Lanza's Andy Kaufman strategy uh-huh. uh, article. I would really want to try it, but I don't think I could pull off. Like, I think I could do a good like redneck kick kind of accent for maybe a couple hours, but I would slip up eventually. Yeah. Well, before we talk to Ben, we need to do our highs and lows, Jeff. Yes, we do, David. Well, as you know, you've been kind of dominating me so far this season. It's true. High lows. Except uh, last week. Except last week, I finally got you. But this week, uh, you had Tyson as your high pick, and I had Jervis as my high Uh-oh. pick. Um, and obviously, neither of them were voted out, so there's a point for each of us. Neither of them won the challenge, so no points. But Tyson did get three or four confessionals, and Jervis didn't get any. Yeah. So you got the point for that. So you're up 2-1 on the high. But on the low pick, you, I, you picked Katie. I picked Caleb. Katie... And Caleb both didn't get voted out. Or, but yeah, so no points there. Neither of them won the challenge, so we both get a point. But Katie did have, like, six confessionals. Yes, she did. Um, and Caleb didn't have any. So we tied on the week, 3-3. Three, three. Um, I'm actually now three points behind you. And with only four weeks left, I'm a little bit little bit scared. It's we'll impossible. It it's not impossible, that is true. Keep hope alive. Keep hope alive. That's always been my motto. Or someone else's. <laughs> want it something like that. No. But anyway, so for this week, you get to pick first for low, which means I get to pick first for high. That's generally how uh, it works, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to pick for my high pick, uh, actually, Sierra. Mm. Um, I pick her because she got more confessionals than any person in, or any female in any non-finale episode ever, I think was what we decided. Yeah. Um, and so she had 11 confessionals last episode. She had zero the episode before, so I'm thinking there's no way they're going to take her from 11 to zero, or from zero to 11 to back down to zero. So I think she's going to get quite a few confessionals, and uh, I don't think she's going to be voted off. And then who knows about the challenge. Yeah. For me, I think I still have to pick Tyson. I think he can get a solid amount. He could win. I don't think he's going to get voted out next, so that's the best I got got to go what about for your low? Uh, this is where it gets tricky. I'm almost considering picking Jervis because I don't except I don't think he's gonna get that many confessionals, and I don't think he's gonna win the challenge. Um, however, I don't know. I don't think he's gonna get voted out. I actually think it's going to be one of the uh, former Todd Hanna people. Uh, this is risky. I think I'm gonna. I'm changing. I'm gonna go with Caleb. I think that's a better choice. The, the risky thing with this is you never know because if the Todd Hanna people are really going to, like, 
come together, who, which of those people is going to be their kind of leader in their confessional grabber, right? It could be Caleb or Hayden, but um, at the same time, I think that I have to pick Hayden. Um, he usually gets, oh, I, no, I can't do that. That's wrong. I think he's leading the charge in this group. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I just, I can't do that. So if I'm going from a, for a Tata, um, I'm going to go with Monica. Okay. Well, there you have it. We will see who uh, is has predicted correctly next week. And if Jeff can come closer and closer to me, or maybe even surpass me, who knows, we will find out. Now, we are going to be doing a top five, but we are going to be doing it with our guest, Ben Watersworth. So I think it's time to get him on the line. Absolutely. All right. All right, we now have Ben Watersworth on the podcast with us. How are you doing, Ben? Doing very well, David. I uh, appreciate uh, having you having me on the show. Hello to you and hello to Jeff. Uh, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, we're looking forward to it as well. Uh, I'm a big fan of all that you do on uh, Survivor Oz. I'm an avid listener to your podcast. And I think a lot of people think that people who do Survivor podcasts are like ultimate rivals and <laughs> trying to beat each other. But I think it couldn't be farther from the truth. I'm, I'm just as much a, a fan of all the other podcasts as, as my own. And uh, I'm definitely not trying to take you down. <laughs> Except for that Rob Sesternino guy. <laughs> I, I agree. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's a bastard. Let's not beat, it. Let's not beat around the bush. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, and we greatly appreciated you putting us uh, on your list of 10 uh, best Survivor podcasts other than Survivor Oz. It was a pleasure. I um, I had to put you guys on there, sort of trolling through all the ones that are out there. I think you guys do a, a great job. You're one of the ones out there that uh, obviously do, um, you know, very regular uh, posts, which is kind of, I based it a lot on that. And, uh, you know, you've had some great guests on the past. I see Edna seems to, to live around here a little bit by the looks of things. You guys have had her on a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. Edna has become uh, good friends with us, so I enjoy always catching up with her, and she's always willing to talk about anything, even if she, she's like, oh yeah, I'll be on the podcast, and then I'll find out when we're recording. Oh yeah, I haven't watched the season. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's going to change the podcast a bit. That always makes it fun. <laughs> I thought that would have come up a little earlier, but okay. <laughs> But uh, anyways, we're glad to have you on, and uh, we always do, this season we've been doing top fives, uh, just random top five lists, since we always enjoy making lists, and uh, we thought, uh, we're pretty sure you enjoy making lists as well, so we thought, why not include you in our top five list making? I'm excited, I love lists, I'm a big stats man, and love making lists and all things like that, so yes, look, I'm excited for it, bring it on. Alright, so, Jeff. Why don't you announce this week's top five? These are going to be the top five Survivor Ruined Legacies. So these okay, are wait a minute, Jeff. Returned. Jeff, I'm, I'm you sorry. didn't do your top five voice. That's why I have you introduce it, cause, so you do that oh. cheesy top five voice, and then you just talk normally. Which voice <laughs> do I use? I don't even remember. Okay, uh, this week on David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast... The top survive survivor ruined legacies. Ah, oh, brilliant! Yeah, that was much better. So, much better. So these <laughs> these are people who have returned to Survivor and, in some way, shape, or form, tarnished their reputation that they earned on their first season. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, why don't we kick it off with you, Ben? What is your number five? Well, I haven't really 
got them in a specific order, but I'll, I'll try and kind of put them out there. Um, I think you've got to put Colby on there, don't you? I mean, yeah. he... All-Stars... I don't think he did as bad on All-Stars as some people say, but, I mean, heroes versus villains. Uh, you know, he was a shadow of his former self, old Colby. So, uh, you know, let, let's stick him at number five. Yeah, uh, definitely the whole um, uh, find out Superman's wearing an inflatable suit <laughs> quote from James. <laughs> I mean, uh, he, as far as, you know, people remember for his physical prowess, and that was definitely lacking a little bit in Heroes vs. Villains, but or in uh, All-Stars, but definitely in, in Heroes vs. Villains. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think... Uh, All-Stars is, is kind of a difficult one if you're based on, on returning players because there's so much in that season that, you, you know, it's hard to judge on legacies. Like, I mean, I wouldn't put, for example, a Richard Hatch having a legacy destroyed because on a season where winners were automatically targeted, I mean, how much can you base that on? Yeah. But, um, right. I was just going to say, I think it's, it's always hard to say you ruined someone's legacy because, like you said, I'm never going to put Tina on a list of ruined legacies because she still won the game and she still has a great... So, I mean, this is all relative, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing yeah. can nothing can undo the previous game. Yes, absolutely. Completely agree. Uh, my number five is Johnny Fairplay. I think yes. uh, you know he had such high hopes, and even halfway through the first episode of Fans vs. Favorites, I was really I was actually sort of happy to see him back, even though I'm like, oh, I hate this guy. Like it's so interesting, and he was sort of in a power position. But then he just sort of all threw it away. And, you know, the circumstances are, are sort of un- understandable. But still, it was like, really? You're just going to ask to be voted out the first episode? Uh, I think it, it did ruin a little bit of it for me. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's a, that's a good point. My number five is Stephanie LaGrosa. Mostly because of Heroes versus Villains. But also a little bit because of Survivor Guatemala. Um, during, obviously during Survivor Palau, Stephanie was, like, touted as this huge hero who was beaten by the game because she had a bad tribe, and everyone loved Stephanie. I mean, everyone loved Stephanie after Survivor Palau. She comes on to Survivor Guatemala, and she becomes, like, this whiny, like, needy person who, and not, none, no one, none of her tribe mates liked her. No one really liked Stephanie in Survivor Guatemala. So when they brought her back for Heroes vs. Villains, everyone was wondering if they were going to get Survivor Palau Stephanie or Survivor Guatemala Stephanie. And it's this whole new Stephanie who just likes to fight with James. And, I mean, she gets voted out in episode, what, three. And it just, Survivor Heroes vs. Villains did not work out well for Stephanie. And I don't think she should have come back because I think it totally ruined her reputation. Do you, do you think, I think that's it's a good point, but do you also think that also, I mean, she had it all against her really very early on. I mean, you know, I mean, she didn't really, I mean, basically from the start, she, she had no leg to stand on really, did she? Yeah, I, I think she was a little bit of a, a dead person walking, especially because uh, there was sort of a big fan base around her, and I think a lot of people were like, let's just get her off now so we don't have to deal with... <laughs> with it being like the Stephanie show, so I, I think there was a lot of preconceived notions, and she was she was not looking good just at the very start of the game, even. But I guess I guess the way I'm judging it is more of like if you think about perceptually, right? Coming off of Survivor Palau, everyone's talking about Stephanie Lagrosa in a specific way in a really positive light. Who's talking about her after Survivor's Heroes versus Villains? I'm just mm-hmm. like perceptually from her second game or from her second and third game. She just fell so far. All right. Ben, 
Number four. I want to put Lex at number four because I think Lex kind of, I mean, you know, he played a great game in Africa. Um, you know, very much should have, could have won. Um, and then come All-Stars, you know, he seemed... He, he, along with Rob, I mean, you could argue was one of the ones that, um, you know, was out there to play the game. But I think Lex's biggest mistake was that he, he just had too much emphasis on friendship and not too much on the game. And I just think that a lot of people post All-Stars, kind of maybe similar to what you were saying, Jeff, about, about Stephanie. Um, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. But, I mean, I think a lot of people lost a lot of respect for Lex given how we handled that whole situation with Rob. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I know. I just think Lex kind of had his legacy ruined a little bit second time around. I don't know if you guys agree with that or not. Yeah, I definitely think there was uh, it, it definitely was it, if you were on Boss and Rob's side, you definitely got your sort of Lex legacy tarnished. But if you were on the Lex side, then you just hated Boss and Rob even, even more. Well, I'm not, I'm not a Boston Rob fan. I, I think a lot of people know that. Yeah. Like, um, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I mean, I love Lex. I think Lex is a great, I'm still a Lex fan. But I don't know. I just think there was just a part of his legacy that just took a massive hit after. I think he needs to come back for a third time to, to really redeem himself and yeah. kind of bring Africa Lex back. Yep. Uh, my number four and subsequently my m- number three are going to be ones that did not have very great reputations after their first seasons, but they somehow managed to make it even worse <laughs> from their second ones. Uh, so it's not like they, they were like having a, this great fall, but they were in the pit and suddenly they dug themselves even further. Uh, and my first one is uh, uh, number four, Francesca. You had someone who was the very first person voted off, but you she still had a lot of fans. You're like, oh, she got a raw deal. You know, she she was one of the you know most capable first boots. There was still a lot of you know support around her, and then she comes back. They bring back a first boot, and she gets voted out first again. And it's just sort of like, okay, you're just pretty much awful at Survivor. Like, you can't get any worse than that. <laughs> Do you not think it improved her legacy, though? Because now everybody treats her as, like, this goddess, a two-time first boot that everybody's like, oh, Francesca, you're queen. I think it it made her more memorable. Like, she's going to be in the history books, but I think it's for a really bad reason. Like, the very first person voted out twice. <laughs> I'll take that record. As long as I had a record, I'll take it. Jeff? My number four is a winner who came back and proved that maybe he wasn't that quite that adept at the strategic game, uh, and that would be JT. Uh, made it to the merge, so did make it pretty far, but I think proved time and time again on Survivor Heroes versus Villains, he was not set up to be a villain. He uh, was not that great at the strategic game, made a couple of fatal errors, and really kind of made himself look like a fool. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Well, when you're writing a letter to Russell and giving him an idol, you can't really defend that. <laughs> I suppose in his defense, though, that, I mean, again, he didn't know about Russell's reputation and everything. It's, you know, yeah. it's one of these moves that could have, if it had worked, I mean, God, it would have been absolutely brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah. Right. And and I've always said, I don't think that's the dumbest move in Survivor. I think, yeah, I, I, s- I still think the whole Eric or Endor Brandon giving up immunity is for the dumbest because it didn't have an immediate consequence. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. give Russell the idol and was immediately voted out. It happened at the merge, and then, it, you know, it ultimately ended up to backfire on him. But I, I do think it was a very risky decision. Obviously, it did not pay off. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. I personally think the dumbest move is Tyson, but 
we can get into that later. <laughs> my, my dumbest, my dumbest movie is the whole one world give up immunity. Uh, the whole tribe. That's mine. But yeah. I don't know if following that. that. That's that's the next top five list, I guess. There you go. All right, number three, Ben. Uh, I've got to put Russell. Um, I just think that. Redemption. I just think on that Redemption Island gameplay, he shouldn't have come back when he did. He should have waited. If he hadn't have come back the third time so soon, who knows? I mean, he's always going to have that reputation of his first two games, but I don't know. I just think it put a big tarnish on it. And you could even argue Heroes Villains tarnished his reputation because he gets a lot of hate out there because, you know, we sort of forced down our throat and sort of how he has been after the game. But, you know, maybe if Russell was a one-time player just on his Samoa game, you know, I think a lot of people would look at him a lot differently. So, you know, you could argue I think maybe both of his times he returned ruined his reputation. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think even his whole thing is he definitely needed space in between his seasons. I mean, even I think his second season, even his perception could have been a little better if he even waited a couple seasons. And, and the whole thing is, if you're the greatest villain at the time, you need to wait until another villain pops into view, and that way people will sort of start to, to forget how bad you are because they're focusing on the new villain. But with him, exactly. like... The, there was no new villain, and every single time he was just—he—he he was obviously going to be a target, and I destined to be one of the first people out in Redemption Island. So, I mean, could you have imagined if, say, like he had just sat back and played Samoa, that was it? Then Colton came along, and then everyone's probably going to say Colton's worse than Russell because he's only played the one time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, then if you say come along to Blood vs. Water and you've got Russell and Colton, then Russell, I'm sure, probably wouldn't be targeted straight away over someone like Colton. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, my well, speaking of that, my number three uh, is Colton Cumbie. He was uh, pretty reviled for the things that he said in uh, Survivor One World. So he did not. He had a, a horrible reputation, but I think he made it even worse this season with quitting. Because the the few people that sort of were in defense of him were in defense of well, he was a good strategist. He was controlling the game up until his evacuation. And now, you know, he quit, which anyone who could overlook the horrible things he said, now strategically, that was <laughs> just awful and no one wants to see a quitter. So I think that made him, not only did he say awful, hurtful things, but he also quit. And I think that's like the, <laughs> the absolute worst you could possibly go as far as reputation. I'm glad I wasn't on the episode when he quit because I still think I probably am the only Colton defender on the planet, guys. So I'll just uh, go back to my hole and <laughs> <laughs> live, live in silence. <laughs> uh, my number three is someone who's already been mentioned. I said Colby uh, mainly because of his Heroes versus Villains stint. Just very uh, lethargic and apathetic about the game, it seemed like. And I don't know, there's not, there's not much else I can add to it besides what Ben already said. Ben, I think we're on number two. Uh, number two, I don't, this is kind of, I'm, I'm going based on maybe gameplay rather than likability again, because I think this person is universally loved in the survivor world, and that's Jonathan Penner. I am not a fan of his Philippines game. I think he played uh, fairly terribly in that season, um, and I, I think based on that, you know, I put him at number two, you know, I mean, to, to basically say to an alliance, no, I won't side with you, I'll think about it. It's, it's suicide, and a guy who's playing on his third time should have known a lot better. And, I mean, he admits that it was a mistake now, but um, he, he could have easily won that season, um, hands down, had he not done that. So, yeah, I, I, I put Penner at number two. 
Yeah, Penner's an interesting one as far as the likability. I think he's gotten more likable as the seasons went on. I think, uh, yeah. yeah, like, he wasn't that liked that much in, in Cook Islands. And, you know, he had a, a cult following, and then it sort of grew, especially after he got evacuated. But, yeah, definitely did not play the best strategic game in Philippines. <laughs> mm. I and, love Penner. Like, I, I am a Penner fan, but... Um... Yeah, it's sort of just a bit of a, a bit of a shame to see that happen, and it's kind of it's one of these things where you think, will he be brought back for a fourth time? Yeah, I mean, he probably will because he's so liked. But um, yeah, uh, my number two is one you both had on your list already, Colby. I think uh, has been like one of the the ult- the ultimate alpha male hero in uh, Australia to <laughs> the heroes versus villains. A huge decline as you guys mentioned, and, uh, yeah, definitely a disappointing legacy when you look at it. Mm-hmm. My number two is someone who hasn't yet to be mentioned. I'm honestly kind of surprised because I thought perhaps I ranked him a little bit high, um, but it's Yao Man Chan. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought, I mean, every, I don't think there was a single person watching Survivor Fiji who didn't want him to win. You know, maybe some people thought that Earl would win instead, but I don't think there was a single person who didn't want Yao Man to win or who disliked Yao Man. Uh, and so coming into Survivor Micronesia, people were thinking, this is his shot, he's finally going to win, and it was just, he found the immunity idol for the first episode, and that was great, but after that it was just downhill, and I think it was really disappointing to see Yao Man go so soon. And I'm still waiting for Yao Man to come back, I love Yao yes. Man. Yes. Yeah, and see, I think, I think it was disappointing, but I don't know if it ruined his legacy, I think it was more of, how horrible, Sari, why would you take out Yao Man? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I was going to put Yao Man on my list too, because I, I kind of thought that, yeah, definitely him going so home so early. But, yeah, kind of what David said, like, yeah, I suppose circumstances really weren't in his favour. Like, I mean, you could, I nearly put Sari on the list from Heroes Villains, but again, you know, circumstances, I, I, again, it's one of these things that you sort of, you, you use different reasons as to why you put them on the list. But, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely, I agree with you, though, that I think Yao Man definitely needs to come back for a third time. Yeah. Well, and he was supposed to be on Heroes vs. Villains, but it's dumb work. But now he's retired, so come on, Yao Man, you have nothing better to do. Well, I actually heard yesterday uh, that, uh, in talking to Eliza, that um, he did get a phone call to see if he would be interested for Blood vs. Water. They were just kind of gauging oh. interest from a wide variety. Like, Eliza got a phone call as well. So I think they did ring up probably about 50% of the cast <laughs> today. How are you and your family member going? Uh, but, you yeah. know... The, I reckon they might get him back one day. Who knows? Yeah. Do you have any non-boring loved ones? That's our main question. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go with Candace? Like, seriously. Like, you know, I mean, it, that, that, that was a bit of a stretch to have them as the backup. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you think about it, they had to have three backups. They had to have a backup male, male. They had to have a backup male, female, and then a backup. Or probably even more than that, because they had to have a backup male returning player and female... Mm-hmm. newbie so I wonder who those other couples were that they had I know Troy Zan and uh, his brother were the backup male male and essentially replaced by Colton and well I mean that's what I've heard because when Troy Zan was talking about that to me he was saying that he believes technically Cat replaced him because otherwise they would have had too many one world people but obviously as you were kind of saying there to have a male male the one world male male was Colton Caleb. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Troy Zan was so close to being on this season. So, hmm. yeah. All right, Ben. I think we're at number one. Well, I my number one was already mentioned. I was going to put Colton. 
But um, I, I kind of just thinking about it now. I, I want to change up and go something completely different here. I think I need to put a woman on my list, and I'm going to put Sue Hawke because um, not that she had a brilliant, super huge gameplay legacy from Borneo, but I think based on a rats and snakes speech, you know, she was mm-hmm. sort of this memorable, revered contestant. And then she came along in All Stars and she kind of seemed bored and then she quit because she had a penis rubbed against her. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and then kind of after the show, she looks like she's gotten a payout and gotten, what, uh, extreme makeover and everything. I don't know. Like, I think Sue Hawke got a bit tarnished after, uh, after All Stars. Yeah. So, look, I'm going to put her at number one. Yeah, her whole um, storyline in Survivor All-Stars was, Tom's an idiot and I don't like her. <laughs> like, <laughs> her only relationship was, I hate Tom. And everyone else was just sort of like, okay, there's Sue, she doesn't like Tom. <laughs> yes. And it sort of it seems that, like, um, I think, uh, had things planned out a little bit differently, Sue, you know, would have been the next to go anyway. And yeah. then, you know, that could have changed things up. And, you know, Sue potentially could have gone before Rob Sestanino. So, I mean, you know, imagine if Sue had gone before Rob C. Rob C stuck around a lot longer in that season. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I I, a, I like Sue Hawke. I'm nothing against her again. But, uh, you know, I just think kind of her legacy now is a, is a quitter, essentially, and uh, who gave a great speech 13 years ago. My number one is actually mentioned on Jeff's list, and that is Stephanie LaGrosa. But it wasn't necessarily for Heroes vs. Villains. I just got done re-watching Palau and, and Guatemala, and she took an absolute hit and drop from, from Palau and, to Guatemala. Palau, she was, like, she was the most popular female of all time. Like, she was the ultimate. And then you go to Guatemala... And and it, she's just awful. Like uh, I just recently watched seasons. This is my wife was watching them for the very first time, and she was absolutely in love with Stephanie in Palau. And then we just all right. <laughs> I was like, all right, here comes Guatemala, and now she just can't can't stand her. She's like she's so whiny and irritable, and just like <laughs> she's picking horrible people to align with, and everyone doesn't like her. So yeah, I think it was a huge huge drop. Uh, from from Palau to to Guatemala. I agree. Jeff, your number one. My number one has also already been mentioned, um, but I'm surprised it wasn't on everyone's list. I thought this was the most obvious one. Uh, Johnny Fairplay. Uh, I understand that his quote-unquote legacy may have not been ruined because people still remember his Pearl Islands game. But when he walked onto Micronesia, everyone was excited to see Johnny Fairplay play again, except for the people in the game. (laughs) <laughs> and for him to just lose steam like that, I thought was, I, I was so disappointing, and I can't, I, I just, that's how he's remembered now, and even like when Jeff Probst talks about Johnny Fairplay, he talks about him being a quitter, and not him being one of the most diabolical people to ever play the game, so I think just perceptually, he lost a lot of wind from his sails coming off of Micronesia. See, the only reason I didn't put him on my list is that I, I agree absolutely what you said and what David said earlier with it. I, I mean, I personally sometimes forget he was on Micronesia. Like, in all <laughs> honesty, I just remember him from Pearl Islands, and I all of a sudden, oh, yeah, he was on Micronesia, wasn't he? Um, so, I mean, I think to me that's the only reason why I didn't, but, you know, he'd, he'd be in a top ten if I was to do a top ten instead of a five. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a very big dramatic drop from, you know, third to essentially quitting. From right. dead grandma to, hey guys, vote me out. <laughs> yeah, because my girlfriend 
and I miss my baby even though I'm not going to see them for another yeah. 38 days anyway. <laughs> and I got in a fight with Danny Bonaduce. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, there are our top fives. Uh, if you think that we completely forgot some people, because that's very likely we could have, um, let us know. Leave us a comment on our Facebook page, David and Jeff Survivor Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. So let's get uh, let's get talking about the Survivor Blood versus Water. Um, what have your overall thoughts been of the season, Ben? I have enjoyed this season thoroughly. I I think I was one of the few people going into this season who was looking forward to it. I knew a lot of people. Um, you know, oh, I'm giving up with Survivor. This isn't Survivor. It's a it's a spin off of the show. It's you know, jump the shark and all this sort of stuff. But um, you know, I think it's it's turned out great. I think it's turned out better than um, you know a lot of people thought. Um, and I think really, if it keeps going on the path it's going, uh, maybe with the exception of uh, you know, if Tyson doesn't win, because I think it would be sort of very obvious if he does, I think it's got a potential to maybe be a top you know, 12 season, 12 to, you know, 10 to 12, possibly. Uh, I think easily up there with Philippines as uh, the best post-Heroes first villain season. Oh, yeah. And I, th- I think that they're definitely going to be doing another Blood versus Water in the future. I think it's been... Absolutely. It's proven so successful that now... Uh, I just hope they don't overuse it like they have a tendency to do with a lot of their twists. <laughs> do you think it would work without Redemption Island as well? Because I think that was a big reason as to why I liked it was because there's all that tension at Redemption Island. Possibly. It, it, uh, probably not, though, because I think this is the first season that Redemption Island's actually worked. Right. Um, you know, I mean, that was sort of a lot of the criticism before this season, wasn't it? Oh, Redemption Island, I'm over that, I hate it, blah, blah, blah. But it's it's kind of... I don't see many people commenting anymore that they hate Redemption Island this season. I think it's generally people find that they like it this season. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I think it uh, adds a whole new dynamic of the whole switching with your loved one and, uh, you know, even them giving the clues, which everyone burned until now. But <laughs> I, I do think, uh, yeah, it was, it's been a very interesting uh, dynamic and added a lot of layers to the game this season. Definitely, definitely. Well, did you guys both like it? Have you guys both enjoyed this season or? Yeah, I was uh, I was very skeptical when I first heard about the the twist, but then uh, I've each episode I think I've grown to like this season more and more. So I have nothing but positive things to say about how this has all turned out. I, I, w- I was one of the few people along with you, Ben, who was exci- excited, but I'm also a survivor apologist. So <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I'm very much enjoying it. Uh, I was somewhat excited before the season. I wasn't as cynical as everyone else, but. Mm. Uh, I was definitely nervous, if that's if that's fair. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what did you think of the ousting Laura M? Let's not bury the lead. Do you think it was a smart move to get rid of her uh, and break up the final pair, or do you think it uh, was actually the wrong move and they should have gotten out Katie? Katie. Let's let's be fair. She's useless. So <laughs> I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get rid of her at any point. Um, you know, I don't see her going on an immunity streak or anything like that. Um, uh, it's it's kind of difficult. Sierra was in a no... Like, no matter what she did, she couldn't win in that situation. Um, but, I mean, I suppose she is right. For, the, for her overall game, for her to win, 
she needed probably to get rid of her mother. Um, you know, they need to break these couples up, um, which obviously has happened. I mean, I think a lot of people's fear of this season was that you'll get to a final eight or six and it's just going to be three couples or four couples and it's going to be sort of obvious from a certain point. But, um, you know, I mean, Laura, it's, it's, to be honest, it surprised me that Laura lasted as long as she did after she got back from Redemption Island because history shows Redemption Island people who return you know, go pretty quickly. Obviously, her and Sierra sided with Tyson's alliance, so, you know, she managed to survive a little bit quickly. Um, if, if anything, it's affected Tyson's game more so because, you know, if you're in a, an alliance of, say, seven, and, you know, you get to that point where you can get cocky with your alliance and say, look, we won't pagong the other tribe or we won't sort of get rid of people outside of our alliance. We'll get rid of somebody that we don't like for the time being. Um... I've sort of given about 10 different answers to that question there. But, um, you know, look, I, I think sort of for Sierra, uh, it's affected Sierra and Tyson. I'll, I'll give you that as my answer. That's probably a very vague and lame answer, but, you know, welcome to my world. Yeah, I think I think for Tyson, I don't think it was the best move because I think with Laura M, it kept a target on this couple and that we need to get this couple out. And now that now that the couple is gone, I think that, you know, as we even saw in the previews, people are going to notice Tyson more and want to try to get him out. Um, and on the same side, I think this is the best move for Sierra because it puts all the target off of her, and now everyone wants to sort of work with her and let's get rid of the targets because Sierra obviously isn't one. I think the issue with Sierra, though, is that Tyson mentioned this episode, I've got to look out for Sierra. So Sierra's on his radar, and... I mean, that's a dangerous thing to be, obviously, now that, say, once Katie goes and you've got that seven, uh, you know, where two weeks ago it looked like Monica was going to be the, the first to go of that seven. Now it clearly looks like she's tight in now with, say, her, you know, Jervis and, and Tyson. So you would then maybe put Sierra at the bottom of that seven, or six now it is, sorry. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I can see your point, though. I think that definitely that side of things, it would be better for Sierra's game now that she doesn't have that sort of couple target. But again, you know, you look at it that Laura's returned once to the game, she could return again. So Yeah, I think the problem, kind of like how Ben pointed out, it was a lose-lose. If Sierra votes out her mother, even Tyson's worried that Sierra is too too devious. If she doesn't vote out her mother, then she goes against the group. It was a lose-lose situation. I think she probably made the best move of her options. I think if, if she was smart enough, and, I mean, this easily probably would have backfired given that Tyson's got the idol, she should have tried to work the women up against the men and forced a tie. That If that had worked for her, bang, she's in power straight away. Um, but, I mean, it wouldn't have worked, obviously, because someone like Monica's not going <laughs> to, you know, flip over. Um, so, you know, I mean, if that had have been a possibility to force that tie, at least get Tyson to flush the idol. I mean, no one knew he had it anyway. Um, so uh, if that on paper would have been the ultimate smart move. But, you know, I think we're seeing a lot of players this season. The obvious thing to do is not something that anybody's thinking of doing. Were you surprised at the outcome of the Redemption Island duel? Did you think Aris would lose or... Were you no, like most I'm very surprised, very surprised. I, I honestly predicted Aris to go on an absolute challenge streak and be the returnee. Um, so, yeah, I, I easily tipped Tina to go home 
Um, you know, I, I love Tina a bit, so I'm glad that she sort of stuck around. I would have preferred Vetus to go out of those three. Uh, nothing against Vetus, but I just like Aris and Tina better. But, um, yeah, no, it did surprise me very much that Aris lost, but I do have to say, though, that he handled that fantastically and uh, was a very humble player and showed that he's a good survivor winner and a good survivor loser. Yeah. And congratulations to Aris, who's now engaged and has a baby on the way. Yes, so. yes, indeed. Congratulations, Aris. Oh, good for him. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Um, I I disagree. I would have preferred Aris to go home just because I like Vetus and Tina the best, and uh, Vetus is still my pick to win. So it's a slim shot, but I, I'm hoping. It would be great though to see. Like, I would like Jeff would have an orgasm if uh, somebody <laughs> from Redemption Island returned and won. Because he'd be like, he'd well, be like, fans. <laughs> especially Vetus, because his story is all about redemption. Yeah. Like, yeah. can you imagine how that would they would play that up for the next year? Yes, yeah, so <laughs> like with, with Cochran, they stretched it to like this ultimate fan becomes the ultimate winner, and it was like kind of a stretch, and everyone kind of rolled their eyes. But if Vetus were to come off of Redemption Island and win, they would have a heyday. Yeah. Yeah, I think he still, at the moment, uh, has the most confessionals this season um, out of anyone, I think. I don't know if he still holds that, but he did last week, I know, so... I'm going to fact check you on that. <laughs> do it. Please do. Please do. Yeah. Sierra actually got 11 confessionals this week. Which, 11? Uh, 11. We were just... people, was, people were asking if that was a record for a female before the final episode but I sort of I was fact checking that sort of speaking about fact checking and I know Kelly Wigglesworth got a 12 confessional episode in about like the second or third last episode but she'd easily be top three top five most confessionals by a female in a non-finale episode I reckon um yeah the other one potentially Stephanie LaGrosa in Palau yep 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 Yep. was another one that potentially could have defeated uh Kelly but or defeated Sierra so I'm glad to see that um, we're not the only show that loves their confessionals. I absolutely love looking at the confessional stats. Yeah. Oh, no, David and I do a game every week about confessionals, too. Ah, okay, then. Yes, we uh, we have a game of high-low where we predict someone to be the high of the week and someone to be the low. And uh, you nice. get a point if, uh, for the high, you get a point if they win the challenge, they're not voted off, and they have three or more confessionals. And then uh, you, the low is someone who you get a point if they are voted off, they lose the challenge, and they get uh, two or less confessionals. So. Wow, I like that. That works well. Yes. So uh, right now I am soundly beating uh, Jeff, which is good. Soundly <laughs> is a big word. <laughs> When's the last time you've been in the lead, Jeff? Week zero. <laughs> so, okay, so here's my fat check. Uh, Vetus is currently in the lead of confessionals. As for other people who have got other females who have gotten 11 or more confessionals pre-merge, Kelly Wigglesworth did have one. It would have been the final six, so that's when Colleen was voted out. Yep. Um, Elizabeth had 11 in Survivor ah. Australia. Um, that would have, that was the episode that uh, Alicia was voted out. Wow, and then I know Kathy Vavrick O'Brien had 13 in the merge episode. And then I'm scrolling through them now as we speak too. I actually I don't know if you knew this statistic. You probably did. Seems as um you know you, you love these as much as as I do. But when I interviewed Gina recently from Marquesa, she holds the record for most pre-merge confessionals out of any contestant in the history of Survivor. She got 37. And she didn't even oh yeah, she had, she has a, she had 11 one episode too. 
Uh, yeah. Lil had 11, one episode before the really? finale. Really? Do we have to put her on yeah. the list? What the fuck did Lil say? Let's see. It would have been the episode, the final six, so the episode that Krista was voted out. Yeah, I think Lil half of those confessions were her just crying. Like, God, really? Cindy on Guatemala on the second last episode had 10. Yes, Stephanie had 12 on her last episode for uh, for being on Oolong, not her last overall episode. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look. It's hard to look through. Julie got 11. Julie got 11 in the second last one on Vanuatu. Well, clearly, that's because Jeff wanted to give her airtime. <laughs> uh, Amy Cusack got 10 on her final episode on Vanuatu as well. So, oh, look, I love these stats. You guys have got me on in it, you know. Glad you got me on. I love looking at these numbers. <laughs> oh, so do I. <laughs> All right. Well, talking a little bit more about Sierra, do you agree with her that there was really no way for them to get to the finals together? Because, you know, Laura M was like, wait, we can still do it. And Sierra's like, no. <laughs> no, there's no way. You- I think if, I mean, again, sort of going back to the, if she had a, gotten the females up against the men and it worked then they could have um you know if you get rid of katie and then say next week at the seven because obviously final seven's a very big you know it's a power move uh episode because you you know you've got the uneven numbers so had what you had sierra laura you know you could have maybe gotten hayden and caleb on side if you had taken them out of tyson's asshole and then um you know (laughs) Bang! You, you've got a four there, and you can get to the end. It's, it's nothing's impossible, I don't think. But you know, I think Sierra's clearly thinking that she's got the best chance of walking away a millionaire compared to her mother. So, which is probably valid. Yeah. Okay, so you know, Sierra tells us to Laura M. If you're Laura M. and you're playing this individual game, what do you do in this scenario? Your your daughter just said, "All right, I'm probably gonna need to cut you." How? What plans do you then, you know, start to make to try to just benefit yourself even if you realize your daughter's not going to help you? Uh, well, she didn't really seem to scramble, did she? I mean, not no. that we saw, at least anyway. Yeah. Um, I, again, it's sort of a case of you, you, you generally go to the people at the bottom, don't you? So like, okay, look, you know, I'm going to go now, but you're going to be next to go, and you're going to be the one to go after that. So you sort of work from your bottom up, or at least sort of focus on the fact that Tyson's in control or Jervis is in control. So you then, you know, put things into people's minds and sort of try and sway it. I mean, I'm sure she did. I, I don't think Laura's the type of person to just sit down and, you know, not fight for a place unless she yeah. genuinely believed that Sierra wouldn't vote for her. So, you know, I mean, you've just got to, you've got to try every angle. You don't pull a Brenda and just sit back and go, oh, I'm not going to scramble. So, yeah. You know. And it almost looked like she was, I think she got too, too much deferring to her daughter. Like she seemed to be like, okay, whatever you think is best. Yeah. Do whatever. And I think she forgot, Hey, you know, I could, you could actually work some stuff too. Like you could try to do it. You would think, like, that's that kind of miffed me a little bit. Because, like, I mean, you know, if I'm out there playing with my loved one who's been on the show before, I mean, you've got to kind of take that into to, to something. But, yeah, okay, Sierra's in a better position than Laura. But Laura's been there before. I mean, she was on a season where she had a an alliance that was nothing, what, eight to four, yeah. come and wipe her alliance out. So surely... Laura can take from that and being the victim of that and say, look, Russell and the 404 did it to us, so why can't we do it to them? You know, I, I don't know if she could have worked that angle or something. Yeah. 
one person we haven't really talked about much is, and I don't know if you watched Big Brother, but how do you feel about Hayden this season? I've I've never seen US Big Brother. Um, I, I really am meaning to sit down and watch it because I hear it's uh, quite good in similar aspects to some areas of Survivor. I have been impressed with Hayden, but recently I'm not impressed with Hayden. I think that I, I've been sort of sitting this season expecting to see very big things from him because from what I've been told, you know, he kind of sat back a little bit in Big Brother and then came fought a lot towards the end um you know big brother is a very social game so you know his social ability i was expecting to be a lot better i mean in our power rankings earlier in the season i think there's about one or two episodes i actually put him at number one just because kind of how he was being shown i thought that you know he's a real dark horse and he's going to come through but you know based on this week when essentially he was like oh yes i i trust tyson you know tyson and i are tight whenever you see somebody giving a confessional like that with somebody who's you know perceived as being in power, you know they're not going to make it to the end or you know they're not going to win. So I, I hope I'm wrong because I think he seems like a, a great guy and it's, it's good to kind of see these crossovers every now and then between shows. But um, I really hope that they wake up next week that the original Tatana, you know, it's maybe blindside Tyson or something, but I don't know. Um, what were your thoughts on the immunity challenge this season? Because we have an endurance one, but I think this is again one that sort of favours women and sort of like you have the pole one that helps with the small feet i think this one since you're you having gravity go against your body weight you're obviously if, if you if you're bigger you're going to have more body weight holding you you know backwards against it and it seemed right. like almost all the men except for tyson who is just sort of uh he's very gangly yeah <laughs> had a really difficult time with this yeah it's again exactly like sort of they try and obviously make them as, as balanced as possible. But again, there are ones that favour women over men, um, you know, which is kind of polar opposite to many people who think that Jeff Probst and Survivor are sexist against women. So I, I don't know if that's what they're, they're doing. But um, it, it, I suppose it's hard after 27 seasons to really come up with a super original idea. Uh, I mean, I've always sort of... I, I hate puzzle challenges can i just say that i hate these generic ones where they go out collect puzzle pieces and put a puzzle together i'm over them so i like endurance challenges but they're not as good as endurance challenges used to be and they're using them too often an endurance challenge was usually the first challenge after the tribes merge and it was the final challenge Yep. Whereas now, you know, it's basically... Random. You know, yeah. And I, I don't like that. Like, bring it back to where it used to be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I I think this challenge... I, I like the other variation on, was it One World? And I think they did it last season, wasn't it? Where they had to hide it behind their back. Mm-hmm. And they, they tilted them forward. And Kim won it in One World. And was it... Who won it last season? Was it Brenda, perhaps, I think, won it? Yeah. I want to say Brenda. Um, but, yeah, I, I just want to add, too, that um, I don't know if... I, I'm calling myself one of the only few Monica fans in the world. But can I just say Monica is awesome and a challenge goddess? Can I just put that out there? <laughs> yeah, she's definitely proving to be, you know, a, a solid competitor, especially in these challenges. Yeah, what are the... But you are the only Monica fan left in the world. <laughs> That's yeah, not like, true. seriously, everyone... I, in our episode last night, I just had to sit there for an hour and have everyone tell me I'm an idiot because I like Monica. <laughs> she's got plastic surgery and she's a bitch, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I love Monica. And I really hope she can sneak through for a sneaky win. <laughs> yeah. 
My my only complaint, uh, and I mentioned this last episode of our podcast, and I'm going to mention it again, is that for the past four challenges now, essentially they've just been standing there. <laughs> like every single immunity challenge, they're standing there eating food, or they're you know standing there balancing coins on a sword, or they're standing there answering memory, and this time they're, I mean they're leaning. <laughs> holding on to rope, but it seems like where's the running and uh, anything yeah. this this merge? Where where are the challenges where Jeff Probst can be like Tyson, literally carrying his family on his back? <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the past four in a row, it's just been all right. Come to this thing and stand here, and yeah, and we had sort of two endurancey challenges in a row. I mean, the coins is a little yeah. more balance endurancey, but. It's a good point. I, I sort of hadn't thought about it that way. That yeah, they have literally just been standing there, haven't they, for the last four? Uh, it's it's sad when you think about it that way, actually. So maybe they're putting all the challenge budget into Redemption Island, and they're just like, oh, you can just stand there and count to twenty. Uh, <laughs> they counted to a hundred the other week, so you know. Yeah, they they blew all their budget on that challenge where they had to get the tiles and number them one to a hundred. <laughs> they're just lazy now in CBS. Let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, what was your thoughts about uh, Monica giving up the food and everything? Because to me, it, th- that reward almost was like they were setting up that they wanted someone to do that. Because did you see how much food was there? How is one, even two people, going to eat all of that food? I said pretty much exactly the same thing um, and when I saw that. Um, I agree. I think, yeah, absolutely, it was like setting it up. I, again, I, I, I might be the only person who think that that was good for Monica. I think that based on last week when everybody was throwing under the bus, it was like someone was on a bus and, you know, reversing and driving forward over Monica. And, you know, she's sort of come back this week to, to be near the bottom to almost look like she's a number three to Jervis and Tyson. Um, and you didn't see any confessionals at least on air they might have sort of hidden scenes where anyone in confessionals was saying oh monica clearly did that to improve her position that makes her a threat let's get rid of her you know because sometimes you'll see that when people make a move yeah. like that well see now um, that's jeff Probst's job so he just brings it up yeah, exactly <laughs> jeff, jeff did that beautifully so yes no you're right there but oh, no, i don't know i think it will help her and i i kind of think it's solidified her that she w- won't go before the final five that's just my thoughts yeah, I definitely think it definitely didn't hurt her. I don't think anyone's going to be looking at her any worse. Um, and it could definitely, you know, small things uh, have can have a very big impact in the game. So what about uh, what happened with this idol drama with uh, Katie and Sierra? Did you think that it was the right... Like, what did you think of Sierra's, I guess, um, strategy for getting Katie to tell her about the idol? I thought it was great. kind of transparent, but... I, th- I thought it was great because it showed that one of the new players this season actually does have a bit of game. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I like Sierra. I think she's great. I think we'll see her again, no doubt, in the future. Um, but I just love the way she handled that situation. And kind of going back to what I said about Katie, you know, poor Katie, useless Katie. Um, <laughs> she, she gave up to it so quickly. I mean, surely in that situation, you just got to defend. She's like, oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's, she's lying in the first place saying she's got it. And she was so quick to back off her lie. <laughs> like, yeah, whether you know, or not it was, uh, if you thought it was transparent, Jeff, uh, Katie fell for it, so, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, you're lying about it in the first place, just defend your lie. I mean, what's going to happen? I mean, Sierra, you're lying. What's this saying Sierra's not lying? Which, again, she was. So. No, what's going to happen is next week, 
uh, Sierra's gonna approach Katie about, you know, Blindstein Tyson, and then she's gonna be like, well, it's a good thing you have that idol. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can see this confessional. Oh, last week I said this. Oh, no, now it's biting me in the ass. Who's your prediction to win right now? Ask Jeff first. I feel like I'm talking over Jeff. Well, Jeff Jeff has picked Vetus. My, my, you want my actual prediction to win or who sure. I picked before let's the go season? With, let's go with your actual, Jeff. Uh, I think it's probably Tyson's game to lose. I predicted, I think I predicted Vita's preseason from memory. Um, or John, I actually didn't think I put John up there for some reason. Um, I, I've actually, I, I feel Jervis is going to win this. Um, and I, I sincerely hope he will, because he, he was the first person I ever rooted for in Survivor and Borneo when I watched it as a 13-year-old. Um, you know, easily the one I was rooting for since the start of this season as well. I just feel that he's kind of in a, a position like a Natalie or, you know, a Fabio, that he's, he's, he's not getting a lot of airtime. He's not getting the confessionals. You know, he's got somebody who's getting more airtime than he is, say like a Russell sort of on, or, you know, a coach on South Pacific. And I just, I just feel that Tyson is being set up either to be blindsided or either to, you know, fall a vote or two short at, at the final tribal council. I've just, I've just got a feeling. Cause I, mean, I also think that, you know, not taking away from Tyson. I think Tyson's playing a brilliant game, and I'm not a Tyson fan, so to see him playing this well is, is surprising me, and I think he deserves to win. But, you know, I, I think kind of if you were to look back on this season as, as Tyson as a winner, it, it would be a bit disappointing because it would be one of these seasons where, again, you would say, oh, from episode four, I knew Tyson was going to win. Whereas if Jervis was to win or Monica was to win or Sierra, you know, it would kind of be like, well... You know, it was a bit of a surprise, and it turned out to be an even even better season, if you know what I mean. Yeah. My preseason pick was Hayden, so he's, he's still in there, but <laughs> he doesn't seem to be uh, controlling anything, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I think it, it's Tyson and Jervis's game to lose right now. I could see... It, I think it's all going to depend on these next few episodes and how they handle it. I think if Tyson continues to just, you know annoy people and rub them the wrong way on the the way out i think he could very easily lose but if it's sort of a thing where he continues if he, he can make big moves but garner respect from people i think they could give it to him in the end just because they're like wow look what all he did he sort of deserves it well that's the thing i think that i've, I've kind of thought with tyson that it's going to catch up with him at some point because there's always again that fine line between a a season like a Russell who looks like they're in control, you know, you'd say they're doing this, they're doing that, and then, you know, at the end, the jury absolutely despises them because of mm-hmm. what they did. And then maybe a Boston Rob who, you know, is getting all the airtime and that, and then basically they'll look at Philip and, and, and Natalie and be like, well, who, I'm not going to vote for them, you know, because no. they didn't do it any better. But I, I also think, too, that um, I, I found it interesting when Aris got voted out and he said, you know, it sounded jokingly when it's like, oh, we can tell our grandkids or whatever that we got blindsided by Jervis. And that was kind of the first time that you'd ever heard Jervis's name thrown out there as somebody who, you know, blindsided someone or did that. And I haven't seen the Ponderosa video yet, but I've been told that Aris isn't exactly thrilled about Jervis and is kind of, you know, going off on Jervis a little bit. So I, I don't know. It depends on the jury again because, you know, you've got Aris might be pissed at Jervis. Uh, you know, Vetus might be pissed at Jervis. Tina was pissed at Tyson last week. You know, that could come down. So, I mean, all of a sudden, Monica's sitting third. She does look like the best person to vote for and she walks away a millionaire. Yeah, who knows? 
Uh, we're going to talk about something that uh, is being speculated that's going to happen this season. So uh, this isn't necessarily a spoiler. None of us have been spoiled. We don't know what's going to happen. But it is uh, speculation based on uh, quotes Jeff Probst has said in interviews and everything. So if you want, if you don't even want to know at all, you want to skip this next portion of the podcast. But uh, have you heard anything, Ben, about the Purple Rock speculation? I, yeah, I saw the quote where Jeff said something like, oh, something happens this season that's only ever happened once before. Um, and, you know, unless he was referring to the fact that we've got a winner on the jury, um, <laughs> you know, that it's only happened once before. Uh, I, I think it's going to be the Purple Rock. And I think also this episode, there was the scene where we saw them all picking rocks. Mm-hmm. And I think Laura got a black rock. I've seen a lot of people saying that's foreshadowing that there's going to be a Purple Rock Sierra. situation. Was it Sierra, was it? Yeah. I yeah, so. yeah. I mean, I I think that would be sort of interesting. I I honestly would love to see it again, just because it's kind of got this whole you know this iconic scene and situation in Survivor history. People hate it. People you know despise it. And it it, it to me seems that in recent Survivor we don't get ties anymore because there's always that fear of the purple rock. Mm-hmm. So if it actually somebody breaks through that barrier of fear to to do it and to see it. You know, I mean, it's yeah. going to be a podcaster's dream, isn't it? Because we can talk about it for hours. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think it would be. It's it's going to be a very monumental thing if it happens, and if it does happen, it's going to be two episodes from now because the only time it could happen is that final six. Yeah. Um. So don't don't expect us to be talking about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind you kind of think that that I mean, if that's the case, and sort of, you know, kind of what you were saying, like. I don't know any spoilers, so, you know, this is sort of isn't trying to say any spoilers. But you would assume based on that happening that, say, Katie would go next week, mm-hmm. and then hypothetically you're going to have at that final six, you know, Tyson, Jervis, Monica, V, Hayden, Caleb, and Sierra to yeah. force that tie. So, yeah. Either that or, you know, they do try to vote Tyson out, and he plays his idol, and then it's whoever they yeah. voted for, you know, goes home. But something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's got to be a 3-3 scenario. To uh, to make it what I think would be absolutely hilarious though, and I'd love to see is that okay we have this three three initial tie. The first thing you always do is revote. What if one person from each side switched their vote? <laughs> Why do you steal all my comments, David? I've always wanted that to happen. That's always been my dream. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm stealing your dreams, Jeff. <laughs> I'd be down to see that. I, I think it would be great, though, if they changed it. Um, you know, I mean, my biggest thing about the Purple Rock was the fact that it involved people that weren't involved, if you know what I mean. Like, I mean, Pascal yeah. went home and he wasn't even a target that night. I mean, surely that's not fair. You know, I mean, I mean, how do you judge random rock picking as fair? I don't know, but... I do think it does a good job of discouraging people from going to ties, though. Mm. Yeah. Do you wish they would bring back past votes? I wish they'd bring back past votes. Um, I would say I know, in I one sense, on it. I, it seems a little more fair, but in the other sense, obviously the Purple Rock or, you know, Purple Rock preventing people from ties is a little more dramatic, and I think that's what they're always going for on Survivor is, how can we make this more dramatic? Because it was sort of like the, uh, you know, when you have the pass votes, then we know, obviously, you know, if as soon as they get votes, oh, they're gone. 
I think it's a strategic element, though, that adds to a longevity of the game. And we saw it in Africa, didn't we, where they were like, you know, oh, don't vote for, was it Silas or Lindsay or someone? And they said, don't vote for him because we want, you know, to keep votes away from him. So, of course, you will not automatically vote for that person they're asking you not to vote for because yeah. it can come back and bite you in the ass. I mean, God, if Jeff Varner didn't have that vote in Australian Outback and it went to, say, like a trivia question and, you know, mm-hmm. Colby lost, I mean, God, there's a completely different season. So I just think it's like it adds a different strategic element knowing that you've got like if they tell them before the season pass votes will come into account at ties so you have to play a little bit differently yeah i I also wouldn't do that if you have redemption island oh yeah no not with redemption island i don't think it would work but um, you didn't have it the whole point is like keeping that a secret and if you are not able to keep that a secret then that takes away the then it's just obvious what's going to happen at the merge and then it's going to be whoever, you know, three to four or whatever it is, so. And I think that with the Purple Rock, Redemption Island sort of helps lessen the blow. So even if it is uh, the random person, you know, who gets voted out, at least they're not completely out of the game and they're still in the Redemption Island. So it it may be... Maybe the Purple Rock in this sense is a little less dire because everyone knows, well, I could get voted out because I draw the Purple Rock, but I'm not completely out of the game. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of going to be a real kick in the teeth, though, if, say, like, the Purple Rock happens, the, uh, you know, the challenge after, or the Tribal Council after, they say, that Redemption Island's gone completely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would suck. <laughs> like, you've got, like, Jervis going, oh, man, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, um, any other thoughts you had on uh, this episode or season, Ben? I, again, kind of saying what I said before about, uh, you know, hoping that Tyson doesn't win just so that we can look back on this season and say it's been a good season. Because, I mean, you know, sort of if you look back and say, uh, you know, a One World, a, a, a Caramel and a Redemption Island, they're all seasons that you know, showed glimmers of hope, but then got ruined, I suppose, by the obvious winner. Um, whereas, you know, if you look at, say, Philippines, which, say, had Malcolm dominating airtime, for example, um, you know, he didn't win. So it's, it's I think, turns out to be more of a surprising season. I mean, it's hard to judge a legacy of a season, I know, with sort of a month to go and everything like that, speculating. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I just think it's... I think it was sort of mentioned at the top of the show that in terms of the, the twist itself, they, you know, they're, they're going to bring it back. Jeff is already hinting that they're taking applicants for, you know, loved ones and, mm-hmm. and players and all this sort of stuff. Um, but, I mean, it, it's got the chance of overdoing it, whereas it could be like a Fans vs. Favourites 2, where clearly number two was nowhere near as good as the first one. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, set, it's set a new precedent for Survivor and how to play it though if they do continue to do this this twist for future seasons. Well, uh, we have a few questions for you about uh, Survivor Oz and your uh, your podcast and everything if you're uh, up for answering some questions for us. You can ask me anything and I will answer as best as I can or even lie through my teeth. Alright. Uh, well, first, uh, for some people who don't know, what's, what's really the history of Survivor Oz? How did you... Uh, all this gets started. Well, well basically, I um, I host uh, a show on a, a community station here in Hobart called The Brink. I've sort of been hosting stuff on Edge Radio now for nearly ten years, and 
you know, we get guests on and random guests from around the world and Australia and everything. And, you know, as a lifelong Survivor fan, I'd always kind of thought to myself, you know, it'd be really cool to interview somebody from Survivor to get them on the radio. And it had always been something I'd wanted to do, but I just never got around to it. You know, I'd added a random Facebook person, you know, from Survivor, kind of, oh, cool, I'm friends with Russell Hands, you know, and just, you feel a little bit, you know, happy when that happens. Mm-hmm. And then randomly, one time, uh, Gillian Larson from Gabon actually commented on my wall. Uh, she obviously noticed I did stuff from radio and just said to me, you know, oh, look, you know, if you ever want to chat to me about my charity that I do um, to get some awareness in Australia, uh, I'd be happy to, to chat to you as well as, um, you know, talking about Survivor. So it sort of went from there, got Gillian on the show. Um, Gillian put me in contact with a few other people. There's actually, I remember Mike Scoopin, I don't know if you're friends with him on Facebook, but he always posts random questions for his people to to answer. And one of the times he, he posted something saying like, you know, what's one wish you would want to have? So I was jokingly said, oh, to interview a survivor on my radio show. And he actually sent me a message within like a minute of me posting that comment saying, your wish is my command. Uh-huh. <laughs> No. But yeah, just kind of it snowballed from there. Uh, we had a segment on on our show for a while, and then eventually we got a separate show on Edge. Um, you know, we got more and more interviews, kept going, going, going. We hired some Ozlets to help out. You know, we got a few people listening. We became a separate podcast, and yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. So, what is the most you've ever done to get someone on the show? What did you have to call in a favor? <laughs> what, what What have you gone through? Well, I think I owe Parvati a packet of Tim Tams because I think that was kind of the reason for her to come on the show was we'd send her a packet of Tim Tams. We never have done that. But um, <laughs> that's a good question. I mean, generally, it, it's really is a simple case of emailing or message them and they will say yes. It, there's no real secret to it. But when it, it's sort of a lot of ones we've gotten have come from, you know, other contestants putting us in contact or this sort of stuff. And, I mean, some people will say, look, as long as you plug my shop or I, I do this now or, you know, help promote this or, you know, something along those lines. Um, but in terms of sort of the most, you know, God, I, I really couldn't think of that off the top of my head because we haven't really done that much outlandish stuff. Uh, well, I mean, with Aussie, we said we'd rename the show to Survivor Aussie for an episode. <laughs> so that that could count for something. <laughs> Being... Uh... Being in Australia and having uh, a, a much different uh, time zone and everything, what have you had uh, interviews at uh, weird times in the uh, the day ever? Very much so. Um, I've had a couple where say I've had to do them at like two or three o'clock in the morning. Oh. Um, I mean, it all depends on the schedule. You know, ninety percent of the time we would do it. You know, during the evening, which obviously like for you guys right now, it's evening, um, which sort of is afternoon for me or, or late morning. Um, so it generally works out fine. But yeah, I've done, I mean, sort of bringing, going back to poverty, I think I had to do it at like five o'clock in the morning because she could only do it, you know, say at like lunchtime, her time, which, you know, was say five o'clock in the morning for us and you know you're not going to say to poverty oh no that doesn't work for me um because it could be the only shot you've got with us so um yeah i mean but i'm kind of used to it like i mean i I pretty much know all the time zones in america and canada to sort of base it on australian time now after doing this for a couple of years but uh it's worth it obviously though when we can you know get some fairly big names to you know work around their schedules and stuff like that has, uh, Has anyone ever flat out told you no? Have you had any bad experiences? We've had a few people have told us no, uh, not really rudely. Um, you know, I mean, there are, there are people that have just honestly said, "Look, you know, that was such a long time ago. I have no interest in revisiting that." Um, 
you know, we've had people who said no in the past who have come around and said yes again. Um, I mean, the only real, like, negative people, I mean, you, you, you kind of just know it because that's who they are. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to diss these people, but someone like Shane Powers, for example, who, you know, he's, he's kind of, you know, essentially reclusive now. He does his thing on Twitter. He doesn't really talk about Survivor. Um, and he did the Rob Has a Podcast a few years ago. And he's, he basically said, look, if you want to hear about me on Survivor, listen to Rob Has a Podcast. You know, he's not interested in doing other interviews. You know, I mean, we've got sort of a group of people who are jokingly saying, oh, you know, I'll only do it when I'm the last person you interview. So, like, they're the last survivor <laughs> out of all the ones we're aiming to get. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, there have been people who have said flat out no, but, I mean, we never give up, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean, just because it's said no now, if we get to, like, 400 out of 405, you know, if I'm going to contact these people, and be like, look, come on, you're one of only five people we've never interviewed. What will it take for, for you to say <laughs> yes? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, any interviews that you've done that have st- stood out the most to you? Uh, there's, there's a few. I mean, personally for me, being fans of the people, you know, I mean, Brian Heideck easily, you know, he's, he's my favourite. I still say he's the greatest player of all time. The fact that he was hidden for so long, I suppose you could say, and had been out of the spotlight for so long, it was sort of great to track him down when we got him on. Um, you know, Greg, obviously from Borneo, was sort of in the same vein. I had no idea when I started doing this show how much of a cult figure he had in some of the Survivor <laughs> communities. And then sort of everybody was like, oh, get Greg on, get Greg on, you'll never get Greg on. And um, we did. And then we got Brian and sort of everybody saying, okay, well, the only one you need to get now is Colleen and you've completed the, the hat trick, mm-hmm. um, which we're trying, by the way, I will say. Um, but, like, people like Todd, you know, I'm a huge Todd fan, so I sort of interview him a couple of times. Richard Hatch, obviously iconic. You know, Jerry, I love Jerry, so to speak to her. Um, you know, even, like, Mark Burnett, you know, that was a random one that he said yes to. But, I mean, sort of off personally, you know, I mean, the, the recent one with Katie Gallagher from Palau, I'd never laughed so hard in any interview I've done in my life. That was just <laughs> hilarious. Um, you know, uh, you know Tracy Hughes-Wolf from Micronesia, you know, a random person that not a lot of people remember. She just gave a great insight into Survivor. Uh, you know, Kathy Sleckman was hilarious. You know, Purple Kelly, who we've had on so many times since, you know, she's just lovely and you just, you know, you wish you had to see more of her on Survivor. I mean, there's, there's heaps. I mean, my, my opinions have changed on so many people, um, sort of interviewing them and speaking to them. But, yeah, you know, there's, there's just been so many people that have just been an amazing thing to, to interview them. And, you know, I don't want to sound kind of a corny fan, but a dream to interview them as well because, you know, I've grown up on Survivor. I've, I've, I've idolised these guys to a certain extent. And then to just be like, you know, ringing them up on their phone, it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. So is there anyone that you is, like, on your ultimate list right now? Obviously you mentioned Colleen. Is there anyone else who's you're really trying hard to get and someone who you really want to interview? Obviously, you want to interview everyone. But. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, number one is Jeff Probst, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know he's not a contestant, but, you know, he's obviously the granddaddy, so to speak. Um, you know, and we've had sort of nibbles here and there. He's obviously very hard to track down, but he's sort of ultimate, ultimate. I mean, Elizabeth... Uh, I was madly in love with her as a 14-year-old. So, <laughs> um, you know, uh, she would be fantastic to speak to her. Because, I mean, again, she's one of these people who hasn't done a lot on Survivor. I mean, she was on the Heroes vs. Villains sort of pre-episode, and that's really it. She's she's gone on to do her, her media career. Colby, you know, I, I love Colby, and he's sort of, you know, quite obviously after Heroes vs. Villains <laughs> hidden away from Survivor. Um, but, I mean, even sort of... You know, season one. I'd love to chat to Sue Hawk. You know, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to chat chat to Jenna Lewis. You know, Keith from Australia. Some sort of these early seasons. 
you know, I would absolutely love to chat to. I'd love to sort of tick off all the winners as well. I think off the top of my head, we've interviewed 15 of or 16 of the 26 winners, uh, 25 winners, sorry, no, 15 of 25, I think it is. So to, to, to kind of to tick that off would be great. I'm, I'm, as I sort of said, I'm a stats guy. You know, I, I don't like leaving things incomplete. So, you know, there's little goals we set ourselves along the way. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that'd be good to get some of these things ticked off. All right. Now a question I'm sure most people want to know. What do the Oslets actually do? <laughs> Not much. Uh, <laughs> they sit around and tell me I'm wrong and then I'm an idiot. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's kind of uh, sort of a lot of the things that we wanted to branch out with say on the website um, and some of the episodes, you know, I mean, we started off just doing interviews, then we did some episode recaps and, you know, I I mean, sort of, we knew these were going to dry up eventually, so to speak, because, you know, I mean, we're sitting on, I think, 225 at the moment and we don't have that many in the pipeline because it's sort of hard to knuckle them down after a certain time. So we knew we'd have to pump out content and, you know, I sort of look at shows like what you guys do and then say someone like what Rob does and all the other survivor podcasts. It's generally not about the interviews. You know, you guys sit here and and do exactly this. You talk about the episode of the week and, you know, and I wanted to kind of get people to, to join me fans of the show to be able to do that because I honestly don't think somebody wants to sit down for an hour and listen to my voice Mm -hmm. about survivor. And it's, it's sort of hard to do that by, yourself so you know we, we sort of a few people had contacted me and asked to help out so they've kind of been some of the originals and then we've put out the applications uh, a couple of times so i mean they basically you know they chime in on episodes give their opinions um you know they, they do a lot of like some people aren't really into the audio side of things they do the written stuff on our websites on our website, we don't have more than one, not that I know of. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, things like that have really sort of boosted our profile, like our top tens every week. You know, we get a lot of people reading and debating those, uh, mm-hmm. you know, our feature articles, um, you know, things when we bring up the Oscars and, you know, silly little things we like to do along the way. Um, and I just think it's great to kind of get these fans out there because I, I know if I wasn't hosting this show, you know, and I'm sitting back listening to you guys or I'm listening to Rob has a podcast, you know, I'd, I'd want to get involved somehow. So sort of... Uh, putting it out there to the fans really to, to help out where they can and come on board and um you know when they're not doing much they're uh, they're also doing a lot of stuff to, to help out and i think if i didn't have some of them then um you know i don't know if i would be able to sort of do the show as much as as much as i do it now that we've sort of turned into what we have yeah absolutely yeah i think uh both jeff and i do value you know just as much interviewing survivors as we do you know just talking to other fans and getting their opinion and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it gets boring hearing only Jeff after a while. and <laughs> You, you want to branch out. But, yeah, we, uh, we always have the thing. If, if you want to ever be on our podcast, send us a message, let us know, and we'd love to, to figure out a time and let, have you be on it. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's always my, – my goal in doing a podcast is to have fun and to just enjoy it. And if I'm not enjoying it, I'm not going to be doing it anymore. And uh, I want to spread the joy as much as possible. And if anyone wants to, to do a podcast, it's lots of fun, and uh, we're always welcome to, uh, to have anyone. And I, I, I really enjoy the branching out that you've done. And you started with you know just interviews, and you've turned it into so much more. And I, I like everything that Survivor Oz does now, and it has become, I, I think, like a network of of Survivor, you know, uh, news slash recap slash interviews slash, you know, everything. And it, it's really neat to see. Well, it's what we try and do as well because sort of, I mean, 
you know, there are people that we know listen to just the interviews. You know, we get the messages all the time. What's yeah. happened to the interviews? Where are they? You know, we don't give a shit about what you talk about and an topsy or whatever, like this sort of stuff. We know there are people out there. But then also having said that, there are people like yourself or there are your true Survivor fans that will literally listen to every single podcast. I know people who have subscribed to about 10 podcasts every week and they will say, I can't wait to sit down on a Thursday and listen to 10 podcast opinions on episode 10 of blood versus water so you know i, I mean it's it, it, as you said it's great to put a podcast out it, it's a lot of fun um you know you can basically sit here and pretend to be an expert on something <laughs> there's always people to tell you you're not so it's great um, and yeah it's it's addicting it, re- it really is addicting as i'm sure you guys know it's it's very addicting mm-hmm. well i agree before we let you go, we if there's things that we like to do on this podcast, it's make lists and play games. And I thought it was time for an epic challenge of Ben Watersworth versus Jeff Garst. Ah, uh, bring it. Your name's so close to Jeff Probst. Like, you just need to change a couple of letters <laughs> in your last name. You know, and then we can say you know, we've interviewed Jeff Probst. Actually, it's funny that you say that. Because I used to have a blog along with the podcast called Jeff's Survivor Blog, and I did uh, top 100 most entertaining characters on the show. And I think I ended up stopping around 77 because I got too busy with college and everything. Um, But I I got a lot of views just because it was called Jeff's Survivor Blog. If it had been called Bob's Survivor Blog, there's no way I would have gotten as many views as I did. I, I, I will still get the random message today uh, to Facebook or Twitter saying, oh, my God, I love you. You were so good. You should have won South Pacific. I can't believe you lost that last challenge. Uh, you know, you should have been Yule on Cook Islands. And they, they think I'm Aussie. And I, I, I play it up sometimes. I'm like, yeah, thanks, man. You know, I'm awesome. I'm Aussie. Uh, <laughs> That's great. All right, so here's how this challenge is going to work. We know both of you are huge fans of Survivor and know the game inside and out. Uh, So this thing isn't going to be necessarily on obscure facts, but more on recall and who can recall it the fastest, all right? Uh So what's going to happen is I'm going to give you two numbers. The first number is the season, and the second number is the uh, placing they got in that season. So if I was to do, you know... You need Colton on the line for this. He can do this in a half. <laughs> if I was to do 116, that would be Sonya. Or Sonya. Sonya, if you're uh, Sue Hawk. But... <laughs> um, okay, I'm, I'm tempting the urge to pull up the Wikipedia list, list of Survivor contestants. I, I can assure you don't I'm not do it, doing man. Oh, don't no, cheat. Hands, don't hands cheat, on man. my head. Hands on my head. <laughs> We can um, turn on our cameras if we need to. Come on, do it, so do it, God. But I'm gonna That's make it. I'm gonna make it even easier for you guys. Okay, all of the answers to the survivors that you have to name are either named John, Kelly, or Stephanie. Oh God. Okay, that's easy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 who's... really easy. Yeah, I made I made it easy for you. Like I said, this is just it has nothing to do with obscure facts. It's all recall. Who can recall it the fastest? All right. Okay. But you have to give me their full name. Okay. Okay. You can't First just say fast. yeah. You can't just say Middle John. Maiden name. name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. John. What were the three? John. What or Stephanie? Kelly. John Kelly or Stephanie. Okay. All right. So. 
we'll do a uh, buzz-in system. So if you each want to create a buzz sound, and then when you make that sound, I will uh, call on you, and you will get first dip. Okay, um, I'll just say, crikey! All right. <laughs> Way to be stereotypical there, Ben. Yeah, I gotta, gotta play with the stereotypes, why not? And I'll, I guess I'll just say USA. <laughs> USA, USA. Alright, there we go. We're gonna start off really easy, alright? So, here we go, get ready. One, two. Crikey. Where are you? USA! I forgot what my buzzer was. Ben. Uh, BB Anderson. Incorrect. USA? Yeah. Kelly Wigglesworth. Kelly Wigglesworth is great. Oh, what? Oh, so I'm thinking of second boot. Oh, you meant second place. Oh, thank God. And also, all the answers are Kelly Johnson. I, I thought that as soon as you said that, I failed Australia. God, sorry, Australia. It's alright. It's alright. You can still make it up. You can still make it up. You can edit that out. Who cares about that? Did Mimi get runner up in the Australian version? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, apparently. Apparently. You know, it's a ghost version. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> All right, here we go. Next one, chance to redeem yourself, Ben. All right, remember it's the uh, place they got, not the boot. Uh, okay, and so. it's John Kelly or uh, Stephanie. Okay, got yeah. it. Yep. All right. <laughs> Next one, nine sixteen. Crikey! Yes. John Pelyok. That is correct. Woo! Ties it up. All right. Got, got some redemption. All right, he's figured out the game. He took the first round. Practice round, I'm, I'm, I'm into it now. Yeah, Oof, there I'm, we go. I'm fine. All right, next one. 4-9. Crikey, John Carroll. That is correct. Ben, uh, ben is on a roll. Jeff, come on, you got to be a little faster with your USA here. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Next one, 17-13. Crikey. <laughs> you didn't seem as confident, Ben. Kelly Sarnecki? That is correct. Three to one. Sounds like sneeze. Her last name sounds like a sneeze. Sarnecki! Gesundheit. Sneeze in Australia. Yeah, yeah. It's strange. What can you say? You hear a lot of people walking on the streets with their kangaroos going, Sarnecki! All right. Next one. 2214. USA! Yes. Uh, it's Stephanie Valencia. That is correct. Thinking of her, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, two to three. Ben's still in the lead. All right, next one. Five sixteen. Crikey. I heard Crikey first, Ben. What? John. Oh, what's his last name? <laughs> um, 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 um. John, 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 John. Ah, I can't remember his last name. USA. All right. Uh, I I'm gonna count that as incorrect. Jeff for the steal. You, John Raymond. That is ah, correct. It. <laughs> it is now tied. I got such head in my head. I was like, what's his last name? <laughs> <laughs> it is now 3-3 as we move on to the next one. 13-16. Crikey. Yes, Ben. John, no. John, JP, John, John, crap, no. I'm out. <laughs> All right. USA? Yes. I think, is it John Paul Caldero? Incorrect. No, it's not. I know who it is. USA. Oh, it probably doesn't count yet. It does not count anymore, but what is it? It's Stephanie Favor. Yes. Ah, of course. Yes. It was a Stephanie, not a John. Because JP's, right. um, 
Yeah, no, I, I do remember his name, but I, I don't. That makes sense. Anyway. 3-3, let's go. All right, 3-3 still. All right, here we go. 1911. Crikey. Yes, Ben. Uh, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly Sharbro. Correct. Ben takes the lead again. 4-3. to Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> Next one. 23-8. USA. Crikey. Uh. Yes, Jeff. Uh, John Cochran. That is correct, and it's all tied up again. Uh, all right, here we go. Next one. 2115. Rocky, Kelly, Bruno. That is correct. Ben. <laughs> wow. <laughs> ben up to five. All right, next one. 1020. Rocky. <laughs> he started his Crocky first, but you finished your USA first. <laughs> I think I got to go with whoever started, Ben. John, and I'm going to go blank on his last name again. John, 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 John. Go, Jeff. Come on. Uh, Jonathan Libby. Libby. Uh, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> All right. A premature ejaculator. Come on. <laughs> it's 5-5 five, five again. All right. It's all tied up. This is a close race. All right. Next one. 5-12. USA. Yes. That would be uh, Stephanie Dill. That is correct. And for Came the first time... As I heard the five, Ben, jeez, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> for the first time since the very first one, Jeff is in the lead. All right, oh, six to five. Oh. Here we go. 13-7. USA. Yes. Jonathan Penner. Jonathan Penner is correct. Okay, okay, yeah, all right. Seven to five. All right, How next How many of these are there, by the way? Uh, as many Johns and Kellys and Stephanies are. We have about <laughs> six or seven more left, so we're running. Okay, we're running but we've got time. Yeah, right. yeah. It's not, there's only, not only one left or anything. You can still win. Okay. Here we okay. go. 21-8. Crikey, Kelly, Shin. That is Kelly. correct. All right, you're closing the gap. Seven to six. Next one. 9-11. Crikey. I heard crikey first. Really? I did, yes. Oh. John Kenny. There's a lag or something. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> John Kenny is correct, and it is all tied up. 7-7. Seven, seven. There Find are... the lag, Jeff. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not your abilities at all, Jeff. It's completely the computer's fault. <laughs> no, I mean, I just... I, I finished my USA before I heard his crikey. I'm not saying that's... It's your fault. It's oh, just... Okay. That's why I'm, I was surprised. Okay. Well, we are ahead of you in time, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll hear my you'll hear my USA in about two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Stay focused, Jeff. Next one. Nineteen nine. USA. Yes. That would have been John Fincher. John Fincher is correct. Well played. Well played. All right. Eight to seven. Next one. Ten seven. Crikey. I heard Crikey first. 10, 7, 10, 7. What have we got? Stephanie LaGrosa. That is correct. That is Stephanie in a while. I forgot she was in the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We have four left, and it is tied 8-8. Eight, eight. Here we go. 7-3. USA. Yes. Uh, that would be John Dalton or Johnny Fairplay Dalton. Correct. Damn it. <laughs> and Jeff moves up to nine to eight, but three left. Next That's one, three nine. 
Crikey. Yeah. Oh, Crikey. I didn't realize. I didn't even realize that you were giving us a question. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to shout out random numbers on occasion. Uh, Kelly Goldsmith. That is correct, and it is all tied up. Two left. Nine nine. Next one. Twenty-seven thirteen. Oh, that one was close, but I heard Crikey. John Cody. That is correct. So, Jeff, if you get this right, we'll tie and go to a tiebreaker. What do you go to a tiebreaker? Like Rob's and Jeff's? And we'll, just, <laughs> we'll just do one, and I won't tell you what their first name is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, but if Ben gets this, he is declared champion. All right. Here we go. 10-10. USA. I heard USA. That would be... Oh, does this count? That would be Bobby John Drinkard. That is correct. Oh, okay. I didn't know if that would count. Yes, Fancy. Bobby John. Fancy. Okay. Yes, yes, it was still. So it moves to our tiebreaker. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to say once again, it's a season and and uh, of boot order, but it, it will not be a Kelly or a John or, or a Stephanie. So you are going to have to the first one to buzz in and give the correct answer will be the winner. Here we it's go. Gonna be just like a, a Jervis or something? or <laughs> It could be a Jervis. <laughs> I guess I'm not using that one anymore. <laughs> It'll be an Aris. Yes. Yes. <laughs> It'll be someone who won season 12. <laughs> Alright. Here we go. 24. Crikey. I heard Crikey first. You just said 24. Okay, so that would be Heroes vs. Villains. That would be Jerry Manthe. That is correct. Ben <laughs> wins. I, I kind of got... I thought for a second that I buzzed in too early thinking you were going to be like, 24, like 2 or something. <laughs> <laughs> but then I, was, I kind of was thrown off thinking, you just said 24. Do I have to name like all 18 people in one world or something? Or... <laughs> I'm throwing the lag flag. Yeah, go on. You've got to put an excuse out there. Can I, can I do the, the lag dance? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'm virtually shaking your hand, Jeff. Good, well played. You did well. I, I too, am shaking yours. Yes, it was Thank down you. to the wire. You both were uh, very commendable. It was had to go to a tiebreaker, so great job. I like these games. So you, every time I, I, I listen to another one of these shows, I hear these great games, and I feel like we need to have more games on Survivor Oz, but then I'm just going to be a thief, so look, we'll have to come up with our own. <laughs> you have permission to use any game that we have used, as long as you plug <laughs> David and Jeff is where you got it from. Well, I tell you what, if you want to have me back on this show, I will have you both on Survivor Oz for a, a dual interview to uh, help promote your show. How does that sound? Absolutely. We'd love to have you on again, and uh, we uh, I'm, I'm speaking for Jeff, but we would love to be on Survivor Oz as well. Maybe <laughs> Jeff's so, secretly... So hopefully Jeff isn't that, you know, angry that he kind of lost <laughs> the lag card, that he'd be like, no, I'm not going on that show, you know, under <laughs> Australia. You know, I'm going to pour all my faucets down the beard and throw my Crocodile Dundee DVD out. You know, actually, it's funny. The first DVD I ever owned was the Crocodile Dundee, and the second one was the Crocodile Hunter. So, oh, good. Yes, good. I, I, I'm liking that. That's, that's every every American should have that. As I'm glad. As I'm glad you love all the stereotypical things about Australia, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason there's a stereotype I mean, you know, I'm not going to come out here and say all Americans have guns now. I mean, you know, don't shoot me, don't I, shoot me. Hey, hey, if the shoe fits. <laughs> <coughs> 
Well, Ben, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and talking with you. Uh, I always enjoy listening to you on your podcast, and it's been great to have to talk with you, hear your thoughts, and just uh, to have uh, a fun uh, playing games and making lists with you. So thank you so much for coming on. You want to tell people uh, your uh, website and uh, any other way they can uh, check out Survivor Oz? Absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll first of all thank you to both David and Jeff for having me on the show. I've had a lot of fun uh, talking about Survivor and playing the games and doing the list. It's been great. Uh, SurvivorOz.com is this way to find it. Like us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter, or subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, it's, it's that easy. And can we also start like a dual campaign next year when the podcast awards come around for us to like get nominated? Because, I mean, you know, we got beaten by Survivor Talk with D&D and, and I mean, Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. You know, I mean, we, we can't let that... Wait a minute, we, got, we lost to a Taylor Swift podcast? Exactly. Exactly <laughs> my reaction. So, come on, next year we need a campaign together or something to get the word out there. There we go. I, I'm all for it. Brilliant. Start our campaign tomorrow. <laughs> Do it. 12 months of campaigning. I like it. While we're at it, we can uh, campaign for Jeff to be Miss Survivor next year, too. Yes. And you can, all, you can both win Oscars. Like, there we go. Was I not nominated for Miss Survivor the last two years? <laughs> you have not been. I'm sorry, Jeff. What? <laughs> Honorable mention. <laughs> That's fair. I feel like I'm, I should be up there with Parvati. Oh, clearly. I know, I know who I'd rather send my Tim Tams to. <laughs> well, <laughs> that could be taken so wrong if people don't know what Tim Tams are. <laughs> well, you're, you're, people are Googling it right now, I That could be wrong if people don't know what Google is. <laughs> yes, yes. We're Googling yeah, the yeah, Tim Tams. <laughs> But uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, Ben, and thank you so much for uh, coming on and talking with us. Absolute pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, have a great, uh, have a great afternoon for you. <laughs> I will, indeed. Thank you very much, guys, and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Yeah, as well. All right, there you had it, Ben Watersworth. Great, great time talking with him. Really enjoyed him, and uh, you almost beat him, Jeff. I was so close. I'm still throwing the lag flag. Are you saying it lagged that very last one? No, there were a couple ones oh. in there where I had finished saying USA before I heard him say Crikey. But I know that you obviously uh, were the judge, so I don't know what it felt like on your end. Yeah, like, I, I wasn't doing it purposely to screw you over, Jeff. Whichever one I heard starting up, and I generally, if I if I heard Crikey, I went to Ben first, so. It could very well be that there was some lag, so. That's true. Alas, you still lost. <laughs> I'll get him next time. There you go. Uh, we'll we'll definitely be talking to him again. And he was a lot of fun, uh, and be sure to check out his podcast if you haven't. He does lots of interviews. If you've ever like, hmm, I wonder what's ever happened to this survivor from a random season. He he literally has done you know over two hundred interviews with different survivors. So uh, if if you can't find the person you're looking for, you can probably find the person who was voted out right before, or right after them. So you could get some uh, more idea of their game. So uh, I definitely check out Survivor Oz, and he does so much now with uh, season recaps, episode recaps, uh, you know, fan recaps with his Ozlets, and uh, you know, recaps with survivors. So uh, he he truly has a network there, and it's uh, he puts out a lot of great stuff. So be sure to check it out.
Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a good time to talk to him, and he really just, you know, I I actually use when people when I'm telling bragging to people about my survivor knowledge i always use the trick of give me uh, two numbers between one and 25 and i'll be able to tell you who was voted off when or whatever and uh, i was surprised i didn't think many people had that in terms of uh, quickness of recall so i was pretty i was i was pretty blown away that he also could do that yeah yeah was, i was very impressed by both of you be sure to we'll be back next week we're hoping to, to get a few more survivors on this season uh, and as well as some more recurring guests that we usually have on in the season. Hopefully we'll get uh, Mario and Jay back on, because they're always a hoot to have uh, have on the podcast, and they can uh, collectively make fun of Paul together again. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly what should happen. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're, we're hoping to have them again, as well as uh, some more survivors that we're just hoping will uh, we'll, uh, say yes and come on if we can find a time. Um, but uh, stay tuned, and uh, also, like we said earlier, if you want to be on the podcast, let us know. We love to have fans on. We love to, to talk to you guys, and uh, if you want to be on, let us know, because we definitely want to have you on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can do this by commenting on our Facebook group, David and Jeff Survivor Podcast, or comment on our website, survivorpodcast.blogspot.com. And make sure that you download us on iTunes at David and Jeff's Survivor Podcast. Absolutely. And with your nice little phone app, we we even use our app, the David and Jeff app for podcasts on, on the iTunes. We share it with Survivor Oz, so we let them have it too, so you can even subscribe to them on our same no, no. app. <laughs> it may look like the regular po- iTunes podcast app, but I promise you it's specific to David and Jeff. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we do share it with Survivor Oz, so you can even get a two-for-one deal going on. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Goodbye. Bye.